0: How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision, all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. I'm a teacher, mom to three toddlers, self-proclaimed French fry connoisseur, and a marketing and launch strategist to teachers. I'm answering all your burning questions about starting and growing an online business using your teacher genius. In these podcast meets magazine style episodes, I'll give you simple mindset shifts, business tips and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. Welcome to this episode of the Teacher Hustle Podcast. This month in the magazine and on the podcast, we're talking about knowledge products. You'll learn about if a knowledge product is right for you to create and to sell, how to do it. And I'm even going to be making a seriously exciting announcement on our second podcast of the month that has to do with knowledge products and one that I believe is going to impact education in a major way. So stay tuned for that big announcement in the second episode. Probably the number one question I get asked is, do I need to have an online course to make real money in my online business? And my answer is no. You do not need to follow any one business pathway to make money online. Plenty of teachers make all the money they need to hit their income goals with just digital products or physical products or services or a combination of those. But if you have an idea to share, a course can be a great stream of income for you. It doesn't need to be a massive five module course either. When people ask me about courses, they're really asking about a stream of income we refer to in the marketing world as knowledge products. You have an idea, you package it, and you give that idea to others. Your product is your knowledge. It's that simple. The knowledge product can take the shape of a course, a mini course, a live workshop, a live program, a pre-recorded workshop, a signature course, a membership, and everything in between. You've probably enrolled in knowledge products yourself. And if you've ever tried to sell your knowledge product before, you know what it's like to go through this process and to see it all the way through and how impactful that can be. But if you've never tried to sell your knowledge product before, you're probably wondering things like, do I have an idea worth selling? Do I have an original idea that's interesting enough that people will want to buy it? And will anyone want to learn from me? The answer is maybe. If you have a passion topic, something you love learning about and exploring, something where you're kind of testing out your own theories from time to time, you may have a knowledge product brewing. In this episode, I'm diving into the five things you need to know about creating a knowledge product to help you decide if this stream of income is right for you. And if at the end of this episode, you decide, yes, it is time for me to develop my idea into a knowledge product, I created a totally separate podcast. It's called the Map Your Course Challenge. It has five episodes. You can binge listen to it like a good Netflix show. And it's all about how to sort through your idea to create your own unique and uncopyable method that you can teach to others. So if you're interested in that, I didn't want to take up space on the Teacher Hustle podcast, so you've got to go and register to get access to that. It's going to release on February 6th, and if you register, you will be notified on how to access it, and you'll be notified when it's ready for you to listen to. So you can register at alyssamcdonaldcom slash course challenge. Again, it's Going to release on February 6th. It's only available through February 12th. This is just a one-time event that I'm doing. I usually don't give this knowledge away for free, um, but I wanted to share it with all of you since this is the topic we're talking about this month. So again, if you're interested, go over and register. Let's talk about the five things you need to know about creating a knowledge product. The first is you don't need a completely original idea you surprised that I said that? (laughs) You don't need a completely original idea. And the reason is no idea is completely original, right? All ideas are developed from other ideas. But the key is that you're not just teaching knowledge you learned straight from someone else. For example, if you decide, you know, I want to create a professional development workshop about Reader's Workshop, you can't just recite what you learned from a training you took on Reader's Workshop, obviously, right? That would be copying. So how do you know that your idea is original enough to create your own training on it? You're going to add your own stories. You're going to add your own experiences. You're going to put your unique spin on the ideas to develop your own method. This is what I'm challenging you to do in that secret podcast that I was just talking about. So let's do a little analogy to explore this further. Let's say you want to write a blog post for your food blog, you're a food blogger, and you want to write a blog post on how to make the best chocolate chip cookies ever. You wouldn't just repost the chocolate chip cookie recipe from the back of the bag of chocolate chips, right? Because that would be a copyright issue first. And secondly, it's just not that exciting because people, they already know, they've already tried that recipe. They want your unique spin on it. So what do you do to develop that? You start experimenting. You try that recipe with maybe butterscotch chips instead of chocolate, or you add in a pouch of vanilla pudding mix and see what that does. That's my secret ingredient, by the way. If you have not tried that in your cookies, you must. And then you come up with a recipe that is uniquely yours, that you can confidently put out in the world and know that you developed that idea. And the key is that when you go and share it with others, you also credit the original idea or ideas that you developed yours from. You let your people know that your recipe was developed based on the original that was created by Nestle. Your recipe then is based in research, and people have other places to turn to find out more, but it's tested by you, someone who's just really passionate about that topic. Again, if you want to know more about this process of developing your ideas to really create something that will wow your people, you're going to want to enroll in that Map Your Course Challenge, the secret podcast, just for people that are interested in taking this a step further. So you can go do that after don't pause me right now because I've got four more things to tell you. (laughs) So before you go register, the second thing is that, I guess you can pause me if you want to. (laughs) Just make sure you come back. Okay, the second thing is people do want to learn from you. I know, it can be hard to wrap your head around the fact that people will love learning from you, especially if you don't feel like an expert in anything yet. But if anyone has ever walked into your classroom and said something like, I love the way you set up your math centers, how did you do that? Or, You know, if you're an art teacher, people have asked, how do you get your students to make those amazing paintings I see in the hallway? If you have something you're passionate about that you've tried and tested and played around with until you got it just right, you have something worth sharing and people will want to hear about it. They want to know your secret to solving the problem that they have. And by holding your ideas in, by letting them you know, if it's a if it's an idea that has to do with teaching, by letting them live only within the four walls of your classroom, you're actually holding them back from teachers who could really need them. It could be life-changing for them. And I usually work with educators who are creating knowledge products for other educators or for people that are involved in education, like parents or instructional coaches or admin. But you can create a knowledge product for anyone to solve any problem. Okay, the third thing you need to know about knowledge products, your knowledge product should solve a problem people need solved right now. The key in creating your knowledge product is studying the problems. What are your people struggling with? What are they so stuck on that they're willing to pay to learn how to move through it? Usually a knowledge product does one of three things. It helps people save money or make money. It helps people do something more easily, better, or more conveniently. Or it brings people joy or entertains them. And then the question becomes how urgent is it that this problem gets solved? Because the more urgent it is, the less marketing effort you'll need to put in. For example, if you have a workshop on how to prepare for back to school as a fifth grade teacher and you're launching it in late July, Your marketing is going to be smooth sailing because your audience is actively looking for that solution and it's just going to be an easy yes for them. But if your idea is about why you should use podcasts in the classroom and how to start podcasting with your students, your idea is still, it's just as exciting. It's still a great idea, but it's not as urgent. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't create it, but it means you should know that you're going to have a little more work to do when it comes to your marketing and launching, because you have to help people understand that podcasting is important before they even purchase your course or your workshop or whatever. The fourth thing you need to know about knowledge products is that a course is not just a bunch of lessons strung together. Most people, when they sit down to develop their knowledge product, they begin with mapping out modules and lessons, but that's actually not where you want to start. First, you've got to start with developing that chocolate chip recipe, right? You actually want to start with mapping out your own unique take on the idea. You want to clarify your method People call this a process, a method, a framework, a blueprint. It's the way you envision your idea coming to life. It's your recipe. And then think about how you're going to teach your recipe. That leads me to number five. Launching a course is not a passive income. If I hear one more person call a knowledge product passive income, it's just, it is one of those things that just is my pet peeve. Because Yes, having a knowledge product is a little more passive than doing a one-to-one service like tutoring or consulting, because you can give your idea to many people at once without having to show up constantly, especially if your course is pre-recorded. But you are a teacher. You know that to help people learn, we need to do more than just throwing a bunch of information at them. This is not just a bunch of lessons strung together. Don't forget everything you know about good quality instructional design when you're developing your course. Imagine you were doing an in-person professional development workshop, and then think about how you can mimic that experience with your online product. It's going to be a little more challenging, of course, to create that experience online. But there are too many crappy courses out there, honestly, to just be another one of them. You do not want to be another one of those crappy courses, right? You want your people to have a wonderful experience inside your knowledge product and then have success with your methods so that they can go and tell other people about it and sing your praises. So think about what you need to do to get them there. And then, of course, getting the word out about your course is also not passive. You need to actively market your online product to keep making sales. So we usually do this with a method that course creators refer to as a launch. Launching is all about creating hype around your knowledge product and adding a sense of urgency so people can make a decision about buying. And it's all based in psychology. It follows a specific pattern. Every single launch kind of goes the same way. If you've ever purchased a knowledge product, you've probably experienced a launch. If you sign up for my secret podcast, you're going to experience a launch. I'll tell you a little bit at the end about what I'm launching. But luckily for you, launching is my specialty. So I've helped hundreds of educators launch their online course, and a lot of them have hit five figures or even six figures in a single launch. Yes, seriously, match their teaching salary in a single launch. Think about it. If you create a signature course and you price it at $197, and then you launch it to your audience and you sell 50 spots, you just made $10,000 in a single launch, which is usually five to seven days. To do this with a $5 digital product, you'd need to make 2,000 sales. So you can see the benefit of adding this higher priced offer in with your other product, your other offers. And, And this is why marketing efforts are important when it comes to a course launch you want to make sure you have priced your course in such a way that you know exactly how many sales you want to make during launch week. From there, you can calculate exactly how many people you need to get this in front of to reach your goals. It's really, truly a science experiment and, and some tweaking of a math problem. Launching is, is very scientific in nature. It's about making a hypothesis and then testing it again and again and making small tweaks as you go. And of course, it's always better if you work with another scientist who has been through an experiment like this one before. That's me. <laughs> That's why I'm here. It's so much easier if you work with somebody who's been through it because they can almost predict to the, down to the last drop exactly what's going to happen during a launch. Because again, launches are scientific. They're very much all the same based in psychology. Okay, I have one last piece of advice for you. If you're thinking about creating a knowledge product, I want you to put it on your calendar right now, the date that you want to launch it. Because it's a science experiment. So you can't actually start testing your idea until you get it out to people. I know that's scary. But the first time you put your product out to the world, it's not going to be perfect. In fact, it's probably going to be a bit of a mess. My first course videos, uh, they were black in the background. I I don't know why, but I recorded with all the lights off. I, (laughs) it was dark because it was late at night. I was recording my videos after the kids went to bed and I didn't like know about ring lights yet. And so anyway, it's gonna be less than perfect. But this first launch is not about perfection. Perfection is the number one thing that stops educators from sharing their genius ideas. So let me be the one who pushes you through. It's about getting your first iteration of your methodology out to the world. And that's all it is. It's a first iteration. You're going to make it better. And then pay attention to the responses you get so that you can go back and improve it. Think about your lessons that you do with your students, right? The first time you do a lesson, it might not be great. But, you know, the fifth year you repeat a lesson that you do every single year, now you've gotten it down. So I encourage all the educators I work with to get their first course into the world in 12 weeks or less. Don't take any more than 12 weeks to get this idea going. There is no point in sitting on your idea until it's just right. You're holding your idea hostage and you're holding your money hostage too. So get it out there, get the date on your calendar. So this is the thing that I am Helping you with, and the thing that I'm launching at the beginning of February. I have a course. It's called the Course Creators Intensive that I'm going to be sharing more about over on that secret podcast. And the course walks you through my method for taking your idea and getting it launch ready in under 12 weeks so I have a specific method for getting this done that I walk you through that will help you get your idea moving and help you test out certain parts of your methodology and your methodology and your launch strategy to be able to maximize the 12 weeks to get something out into the world with intention. This course has never been available in this format before, and I'm including all of the templates and resources to make this process quicker for you, everything you need for your first course launch, and you can take it at your own pace so that your 12-week starts whenever you're ready. So I'm going to be sharing that newest program with you on February 6th over on That Secret Podcast. Again, you can register at alissamcdonald.com slash course challenge. It's time for the listener q and I had a question related to courses, so I thought I would put it in this episode. This listener asked, I want to start an online course, but I'm nervous about the tech. What do I need to get my course going while I'm still on a budget? This is a great question. Tech is often a stumbling block when creating your knowledge product, which really kind of stinks because it's stopping incredible educators from getting their genius out into the world. And we're not going to let tech get in our way, right? We can do hard things. So let's talk about the most budget-friendly and simple way to get your course out there, like low barrier, let's just get this thing going. The first tech barrier happens when you sit down to record. Do I need recording equipment? To do this in a really budget-friendly way, you at least need a microphone. Audio quality matters when it comes to recording your course, and mics can be as low as $30 to $50, and I'll link to my favorite ones in the show notes. You might also want to grab a webcam. This is the lowest kind of cost for a bit of a better Camera quality. These run around $60, and I'll link to my favorite one in the show notes as well. And then you're going to want to think about lighting, and you can get good lighting just by kind of, you know, sitting by. I'm not an expert in this, but like sitting by a a window with great natural light when you're recording. Or you can get a ring light or some other kind of a light to help really brighten up your video. And again, I will link to all of that equipment in the show notes, and I'll link to the most budget friendly options. And then you're going to hit another barrier when you think about where do I put my course in the online space? Because your videos have to live somewhere, right? We call this video hosting. They also need to be strung together in a way that people can follow along. And this can be done with a course hosting platform. You also need to be able to accept payment. And many course hosting platforms have that ability, too. I use Kajabi for my course hosting. I'll include the link in my show notes. This one is a little bit of a more expensive option. And the reason is because it's an all-in-one tool. It also helps you build out your sales pages, um, build out your opt-ins. It helps you with email marketing. It has a website feature. So if you're just starting out in your business and you know you're going to be creating a lot of knowledge products, it's a worthwhile investment. It might be a, a little bit scary at first. I know I was scared when I had to make my first payment, but I very quickly made that back when I got my knowledge product out into the world. So if you're thinking that's going to be a mainstream of income for you, it's a worthwhile choice. But there are some other really budget-friendly ones that you can get started with. Some are even free. So I will um, link those in the show notes as well. And of course, when you're ready to market your course, there is the tech behind creating your sales page and getting your course out into the world, all the marketing stuff, right? Um, But if you are creating a course for other educators, I want you to stay tuned before you start worrying about all of this, because that special announcement I'm making in the next episode that I'm so excited to share with you is a solution for that problem that you are going to absolutely love. So stay tuned. My favorite segment, the member lightning round interview. Today I'm talking with Helena. She is a member of the Teacher Hustle University crew and she has such amazing ideas to share with you. So Helena, tell us a little bit about you and your business.
1: Hi, my name is Helena Haynes. I am the creator of The Present Teacher. I help teachers eliminate mental health stigma through social emotional learning teacher self-care, and classroom management. I believe teachers need to prioritize their self-care first before they are able to make an impact with their students. I started my business a year ago during the pandemic. I personally struggled with making boundaries and prioritizing myself, and along my journey, I realized a lot of teachers struggle with that too, and I also wanted to eliminate the stigma around mental health in the education world, whether it's for our students or for ourselves. So last year in July, I started my business and I currently teach second grade. I am a fourth year teacher. And for the last three years, I've actually taught kindergarten.
0: Tell us what motivated you to start your business.
1: So I had always wanted to be a teacher before I even went to school. I had my little brother play school with me, but during my master's program, I had someone close to me pass away, and if it wasn't for the love and support of my family, I wouldn't have graduated with my master's. Anyways, that following summer, I started as a first-year teacher in a kindergarten classroom, and I was so overwhelmed and burned out. I remember my first week, I thought to myself, this is not what I thought teaching was going to be like. And I remember that day in the gymnasium, I was holding my students' diplomas, and I was watching them. Across the gymnasium to graduate, and I was so devastated. In a moment where I should have been excited, I was heartbroken because I had spent an entire year missing this. I had missed building that impact with them because I was so exhausted and so focused on getting everything else done. So, after that day, I promised myself that I would not spend another year as a teacher who is constantly chasing a to-do list and not being present and building the impact with my students. So I started taking self-care classes and books and courses, and I started sharing what I learned along the way with other teachers, and I realized I wasn't alone. And that's when I started my business. I wanted teachers to feel know that they aren't alone and to help them help first-year teachers and new teachers take care of themselves so that they can build an impact with their students.
0: What has been your biggest struggle as you're starting and growing your online business?
1: The biggest struggle I have is taking the next step. I know there's so much information out there, and I'm, I have such a go-getter attitude that I found it hard to filter out what my next steps were and to have that shiny object syndrome, constantly chasing the next thing. I know for me, the biggest thing was finding a mentor who could walk me through point A to point B in a way that made sense for me and in a way that felt authentic to my business.
0: And what's your biggest win or success story when it comes to your online business?
1: My business has not only impacted other educators from around the world, but it's really changed me and made me a better person. In the last year, I've spoken at three conferences. I've had over three collaborations with other teacher authors and just seeing the impact I have on other teachers in their classroom and their ability to show up and make the impact they know they always could. And knowing that I'm making an impact on the students and making them feel welcomed and that they can talk about mental health and how they are feeling and not have such a stigma and negative, negative emotion attached to that.
0: What is the one thing that changed everything in your online business?
1: The one thing that changed my business was back in January, I had seen someone in a teacher, seller, Facebook group mention Alyssa's programs. And I was a little skeptical, so I messaged Alyssa and asked her about her programs. And I realized, I thought, you know what, I I can't make this commitment to my business right now. I need to focus on being a teacher. Well, not even a month later, I ran back into Alyssa and her podcast, and this was it. This was exactly what I needed And I joined THU, and ever since then, my business and even my life has totally changed. Alyssa's programs have given me an opportunity to see where my business is going to go. It's given me the confidence that I never thought I would have or could do, like collaborating with other teachers and making a workshop and a membership. They've changed me as a person as well, and I'm so grateful for finding Alyssa and everything she does for other teacher sellers.
0: What's your favorite part about Teacher Hustle University?
1: I would have to say my favorite thing about THU is the amount of content there is. So I have a go-getter attitude. I love to learn. I'm an Enneagram 5. So what I love about THU is that there is so much there, and you can go at your own pace. So once you finish the core content or the stacks, you can move on to the shelf and glow ups. And I feel like it's an all in one. I don't need to follow 10 different experts. I can just focus on following Alyssa and her program and her advice and other experts within THU. And I learned so much. And it's nice to not have to filter through a bunch of different information. I can just go to one place
0: where can people get connected with you if they would like to chat with you more or find out more about what you do?
1: I love the chat. So if you would like to connect with me, feel free to go on Instagram. You can find me there at the Present Teacher, or go ahead and pop over to my website at ThePresentTeacher.com.
0: Okay, it's your turn to ask me a question.
1: My question for you, Alyssa, is something I feel like a lot of people don't talk about and How did you balance being a business owner and a full-time teacher and a toddler mom all in one?
0: Let me start by saying that it is not perfect. My kids interrupted me maybe 10 times while I was recording this podcast episode. There was literally a moment where I was like, okay, everybody freeze so I can record this one segment. (laughs) So it's not easy. It's an ongoing process. Uh, for sure. But in the building phase of my business, like when I was very first starting out, I was highly motivated because I wanted, I had it on my mind that I was going to create a business that would allow me to stay home on maternity leave because I wanted to have a third baby. And I didn't want to have to go back to school right after I had that third baby, because I knew from my first two babies that it would be a struggle. I struggled with postpartum anxiety. I struggled with it with my first two really, really badly. And I had to go back to school after 10 weeks with one of them, I think six weeks with the other. And I just, it was horrible. So I knew I was highly motivated by making enough money to be able to stay on maternity leave. So I worked uh, late nights. I'm not going to pretend like it was easy. I waited until everyone went to bed and I stayed up way too late. There There was a whole phase of my business where I was definitely not getting enough sleep. And I'm not saying you have to do that to have success in an online business. I, like I said, was just highly motivated and I was putting on a course and I needed to get the videos recorded. And that was quite literally the only time I had. Um, I also spent a lot of time in my classroom, like during my prep periods, just thinking about my ideas and things like it just was always on my mind. Um, but also like at school, one of the things that really, really helped me um, maximize my time there and my prep time and all of that was um my teacher bestie, Kate, she had a classroom connected to mine and she always left at four o'clock. So um that was like an hour past our contract time, but she had to pick up her kids at four. So I always was in awe, like before this point, of how she could always leave at four. And I was like, How do you do it? Like how do you fit it into that time? And she was like, I just draw a line in the sand at four o'clock. I gotta go, I gotta get my kids. So I get whatever I can done, and I don't talk, and I shut my door, and um, and then I leave, and I make myself leave at four. So she was like, why don't you just start leaving with me at four? And so we kind of challenged each other to be done with everything by four, and we also decided to split the, the planning load, and so that also helped. Um, and I know that's not possible in every situation, especially if you are the only person in your department or something like that. But we were able to kind of take. Shifts with the different topics. So she ended up planning and making copies for math while I planned and made copies for ELA. And then I think she did science and I did social studies. And then we just kind of gave each other our plans and copies. And it was such a time saver. So if you have anybody that you can connect with that can support you in the classroom to maximize your time and to just be more efficient while you're there. But it is totally true that, that, you know, there's no secret. It's just given the time that you have. Sometimes when you have less time, you can be more effective if you are really certain about, you know, your hours. If you're like, I am going to leave at four, you will somehow make it happen by that time. It just things fall into place, and you figure out a way. Um, I guess that's my. Those are kind of my top tips for getting your business built while you are teaching full time Um, and as a parent. I know my. Instagram handle is teacher by nap time because I I was planning for teaching and building my business during nap times and after bed and there was a point where it was really tough but the other thing about business is that there's there are phases right there's the building phase and the building phase is tough and most people turn around and say no thank you because they are in the building phase and it is a lot of work but there does come a time where you sit back and you think well wow I really I did most of the hard part and now I am just kind of letting it ride and making it better and uh, marketing it. So the type of business that you all are creating, digital products, physical products, knowledge products, service-based business, you can really also maximize your time there by combining more passive income streams with more high touch income streams so that you're not doing all of one type. And that makes your whole business model just a little bit easier to sustain over time. I hope that somebody picked up some kind of a nugget in there, but just to wrap this up to say, I am not perfect, and it is still a work in progress. A knowledge product is a great way to hit your income goals and make massive impact, and that's why I love them so much. It can be terrifying to start this course creation journey, and that starts with seeing yourself as an expert. So if you think this idea might be one you want to pursue, put your launch date on the calendar and start exploring your ideas. Go register for my Map Your Course Challenge at alyssamcdonald.com slash course challenge. It's free, and I will help you sort through all of your ideas. You have something to share with the world, and I want to help you get it out there.